0: Hi, welcome to DSO Overflow. I'm Michael Mann, the founder and organiser of the DevSecOps London Gathering, a monthly community meetup for anybody involved with factoring security into their delivery. Hi, Emre. Thanks for coming on to the show. Hello, Michael. Right, so... We're going to talk about your open source project. Yep. Uh, but before we get
1: into that, how, how about giving a little intro about yourself? Sure, sure. So my name is Emre Alkund. Uh, I know it's hard to pronounce it. You can just call me Emre. Um, so I I started com- dealing with computers, playing with computers when I was six with my first Amstrad CPC 464. And actually, at those years, I was just playing games and learn how to program with normal BASIC. I think it was called Locomotive BASIC or something. Then I interested into hacking those stuff, while there was no definition about hacking at the t- at the time, because my main thing was actually to reach the source code of the games, because then I could make my own games. I so never you're a cheater then. Uh, <laughs> I I don't really call this a cheater, but. Um but yeah, I, I try to understand actually what is behind it. So let's I'm mostly I'm into mechanics, oh, not yeah. really. You're curious, inquisitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can call that. So um but I never succeeded. so I don't even know how can be done still now. <laughs> uh then then eventually I became a software developer. Well, I can't really say software developer, but I was into development at, at, at least. Mm. And then I met with Linux in 94, uh, Slackware Linux, my favorite one. And then i drawn into Unix, POSIX, Linux world completely and become a system administrator, mostly working in ISPs, learned lots of network, network technology, then switched to tele, telecommunications. And then for the last four or five years, I'm completely into cloud native stuff and Trying to be a consultant about DevOps DevSecOps uh, methodologies.
0: Cloud native stuff. Yes. What does that
1: mean? Cloud native stuff means doesn't mean containers, first of all, because most of the people think that it's just containers. So it's it's the way how you structure your environment, how you structure your everything actually in a codified way uh, that can work in a cloud, in an auto-scalable way. Well, everything around cloud,
0: let's say. Right, okay, so I, I guess that's a very good segue into this technology called Terraform. Yes, um, so <laughs> could you explain a
1: bit about that? About Terraform or terraform yeah. compliance Oh ter- let's start with Terraform. Oh, okay, first. okay, let's start it. So Terraform is a tool um, written by Mitchell Hashimato, uh, which is the uh, founder of the uh, one of the founders actually of Hashicorp, so it's an infrastructurist code tool, which is actually doing. Uh, it's mostly working in cloud native environments, let's say, in a cloud environments, where there's an API is responsible for listening your requests, and then based on the payload and the endpoints that you are hitting, it's actually creating infrastructure for you. But this could be anything. So this could be AWS, GCP, Azure, but it could be also Pizza Hut too. I mean it it's just anything that is codable. Right. So so it's a so
0: let me just play back my understanding. So yeah. it's a tool to build out infrastructures in any cloud hosting provider. Yeah, not
1: only cloud, it's a tool where you can use it on any API. It's an actually an API client. Oh right. Yes. Okay. So it has a um it has its own configuration language called Uh, HashiCorp Configuration Language, HCL, and it has some providers. The providers are responsible of talking to the APIs. The code that you have written is responsible to talk with your provider. Um, So it's all about defining the latest state of the infrastructure that you have. And providers are the end
0: uh, and the environment, the target
1: yes. environment, such as yeah. AWS or something. Yeah, it's an AWS provider, mm-hmm. m- which means that provider is talking to the AWS APIs. Gotcha. So the whole idea of Terraform is you define the desired state of what you need. Then you just say, you create me a plan about this infrastructure between my uh, end API, and end provider or end cloud, let's say, and my current local HCL. So, and it creates your plan, then it can apply it if you want to, which means it can create, update, or destroy resources. Oh, wow. Sounds quite powerful. Um, it is quite powerful. I think it's, it's one of the mostly used infrastructure as code in the world right now. So, every cloud provider, let's talk about clouds only. So, let's not talk about pizza. <laughs> um, so, uh, many cloud, all cloud providers have its own infrastructure as code. But the problem is, they are all different. So Terraform is acting as an abstract layer among these things, where if you know Terraform, if you understand how the HCL is structured, so you can just play with any any cloud provider. That's the power of it, I think.
0: Wow. Okay. So how's that uh, related to your open source project then? Oh
1: yeah. So first of all, (laughs) my open source project is called Terraform Compliance. Um, so And as you understand from the name, it's a compliance as code over Terraform. So what it does was, so Terraform is great. So it's quite uh, robust. You can do many things. You can do nearly everything that a cloud provider provides. Uh, but the problem is you may do a lot. So, for example, assume that um, you have an access to an AWS cloud, for example, And you would like to create some EC2 instances, some some normal boxes, actually, spinning spinning up boxes in the cloud environment. So there is no check in the Terraform where it doesn't allow you to create one or 1,000, for example. This is just an example. Or it allows you to create, for example, S3 buckets or something, but it doesn't have a mechanism where you you can't enforce those S3 buckets to be encrypted or based on whatever your policy requires. So Terraform, not Terraform, HashiCorp has a tool called Sentinel. Uh, It comes with um, uh, enterprise licenses and also with Terraform Cloud. So it has a policy engine inside, but you need to pay for it. So Terraform compliance is a similar tool for... Uh, for terraform where you define your policies it could be really anything it could be the number of instances it could be uh, the tagging structure naming structure encryption it could be anything really. or you can just say that you can open any ports but you can't really open port 80 to public okay. it could okay so it's a
0: framework
1: for you to define the rules you want to enforce yes yes in your environment Yes, that's a very nice definition, better than mine. <laughs> so um so that's why you just create your policies, then you run those policies against your Terraform plan. That means that you you run you check your code against your compliance policies before you deploy anything. And if it passes, well done. If it not passes, try to do it again. So so is it a blank canvas? I mean,
0: uh, or do you provide a a set of example best practices? Yeah,
1: so the tool itself is, of course, a blank canvas. Uh, But there are some examples in the website. By the way, the website is terraformcompliance.com or terraform-compliance.com. So so there are some examples right now in in the website, and we are just adding uh, examples whenever there is popping up. Uh, And most of the examples actually are um, like um, encryptions, uh, name tagging, uh, naming structures. Like for example, you can restrict some resources shouldn't be created. For example, currently my team has um, has a team decision saying that we should never create a VPC, which will be virtual private cloud in AWS. So we all work with serverless stuff. So you can easily enforce that with uh, Terraform compliance. Or, for example, we create lots of roles in the AWS that is talking to each other and people can assume roles between accounts. But you can enforce with Terraform compliance that any IAM policy that has been created must have specific stuff like not using any, um, not allowing everything to all resources or, not, or, or just allow assume role for specific accounts or something. So it's, it's flexible. It's up to you, really. So
0: it's not just a side hobby. You're actually using this as part oh, of yeah. your your job, has it? were,
1: your consultancy jobs. Well, it started as a hobby. It all ignited with an idea. Actually, I was consulting a company um, in London, and and we were we were talking about the infrastructure as code, idempotency, immutability, all the um, All the best practices, actually, that need to happen. Lots of buzzwords there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, these are not buzzwords. If if they are still buzzwords, (laughs) then we have a problem, yeah. Um, So, and then we were talking about Terraform, and we were talking about all the test frameworks, all the test structures around it. And then that was a question has been asked in the room, like how can we test Terraform based on our policies? So there were some tools uh, at that time, I think InSpec was there, but in a very initial version at that time.
0: How long ago was this?
1: Uh, three and a half years ago. Okay, so quite or, some, yeah, quite some time. Yeah, I think three or three and a half years ago. I'm not really sure. And then I just created a code, actually, for POC. And, and the idea was, instead of writing a code... Uh, it was using bdd behavior driven for, uh, development format which is a Gherkin format actually or cucumber format however you call it so why i use that because i i would like tests to be understood by anyone so currently there is a problem uh, in the market that not everybody can code but everybody would like to have some authority around the infrastructure so that's why i would like people to understand really what is the but as a tester, maybe then they can just create with pure English, and then uh, in the in the under the hood it will be translated into code, and then uh, just just run against your infrastructure. Yeah. So this is how it uh, started as a hobby. Not really a hobby, but it started as a hobby because it was just a POC. Then I let I just left the project as it is, um, like six months or something. Then I realized that actually people are giving stars in the GitHub to this idea. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe the idea itself is actually um, getting, getting some audience. And then I tried to uh, improve the tool a bit. And last April... 348 stars so far. Yeah, yeah. Please give stars. <laughs> um, and then... Last April, actually, I said that okay, let me let me do it in a very proper way, and I just restructured the whole Terraform tool, Terraform uh, compliance tool, and then it's been used in many places right now.
0: Okay, so what sort of uh, industries or, or um, how
1: big are these organizations that's actually using your 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 tool? So I can't say the organization names, but uh, it's it's used in. The, the ones that I know are used in the energy sector and insurance sector. and Most of the um, users or the companies are from U.S., of course, U.K., Australia and New Zealand. So all the Commonwealth and plus the U.S., I would guess, except maybe South Africa. Um, I know that it's being used by uh, security and DevOps-related consultancy companies. So, based this is the data based on the re- issues has been created, the PRs has been created. If I track down those users, I found very interesting companies.
0: Oh, okay. So, you, you've you've hit <laughs> you've hit a, a niche where lots of people seem to have an interest in
1: this space. Yeah, actually, hmm. one of the persons uh, that has been using this and trying to integrate something big in US right now. Um, said that they were trying to solve this problem for the last one and a half year but couldn't really find a solution then they met this tool which actually solves all their problems about this specific thing and yeah so they're also using it right oh wow that's that's amazing yeah okay. it's really amazing
0: so um so you rebooted the projects earlier this year april I, I, I yeah you said yeah, earlier. yeah um so is it uh, quite active now by, by yourself?
1: And, and yes. How, are there other contributors? Um, yeah, so there are currently 10 contributors, but I'm the most active one, of course. Um, so usually we have, I mean, if you just change, look on the log in the Terraform uh, compliance GitHub repo, you will see there are like 55 or 60 iterations, versions released after April. So it's quite active right now and it will be active for quite a while. Uh, We are still adding some additional features uh, that will make the lives easier for all the users. Um, But the reason why I completely rebooted the project on April because of the Terraform one, because Terraform also rebooted itself uh, at April, maybe around April, let's say. 0.12? Yes, 0.12. And they revamp everything, really. And based on that one, I said, "Okay, if you do it, let me do it too." Okay, yeah. so so it works with the latest, the current
0: version. Yes,
1: yeah, the latest one. Oh, yes. Terrifying. Well, that's good. That's good. Okay. Um,
0: right. So that's your open source project. I mean, uh, it seems like you're quite active in in the open source dev space. Um, are there any other projects, open source projects you you're involved or follow?
1: Well, I am involved with some of the open source projects, not only open source, but most of the projects that I'm using are unfortunately lives in the private repos right now, um, and, but we are thinking them to be open source very soon. But the ones that I really closely follow is, first of all, the Terraform and uh, Terraform providers that I've been using it. Um, we sometimes just add some code, sometimes just create an issue, uh, depends really. I uh, the follow InSpec. They created an InSpec IGGY, actually. inspect by the way, is also a very great tool. It's very similar to Terraform Compliance. I think I need to give kudos here. Um, but the, the difference between InSpec and Terraform Compliance is uh, InSpec is a tool where you run your tests after you deploy everything. Terraform Compliance is a tool before you deploy everything. So it's, there's a phase Difference between those tools.
0: Maybe we need to rename
1: your product, <laughs> your project. Like a compliance tends to be a a post implementation. Uh, I don't agree with that. I don't think It's it's the traditional way of working. Actually, I think the compliance should it's because since the beginning we are always saying for all DevSecOps methodologies, security must be embedded in everything, right? And shifting left is a must. Yeah. So. When you when you ensure your compliance policies after you uh, deploy something, or let's say post compliance, mm-hmm. then uh, there's a chance that you may break the idempotency because there's a chance that you may want to enforce something, and you may want you may need to change whatever that is created without knowing, of ter- without terraform knowing that change, that breaks idempotency. So that's why I think the compliance must an enforcement step in the CICD pipelines that if you don't really comply with the policies, nothing should be deployed. Mm -hmm. So that must be a step, actually. But that's my personal Okay, so maybe inspect is more of a audit tool, not a compliance tool. Uh, no, they are, they are also compliance tool. They are also <laughs> great. They are also compliance tool, yeah. fun games with terminology. Yes, exactly. So, and the other um, other projects that I really like is one of them is Trailscape. And that's a tool where you just run uh, against your AWS environment, and it just lists the all the IEM roles. That, and resources that has been used for the is, last one month or specific
0: something. specific to AWS? or
1: This what? is unfortunately specific okay. to AWS, yes. And I'm also into all the document generation projects from code because uh, just like every developer, I would guess, I don't really like writing documentation. That's why I would like to write documentation, generate documentation from my code somehow. Mm-hmm. So Terraform Docs and Terraform pack is one of the tools, by the way, you can use for Terraform. And also, I'm closely following uh, PureSec, AquaSec, and Twistlock. Oh. and any any tool that they create, I'm interested.
0: Okay, interesting. Some commercial organisations there might, yeah. have, might have to beat that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's what's the technology stack for for your project?
1: Um, it's it's a Python-based project because, as I said, it just started as a POC. Then I it just organically grew. Up actually, Python um, three, no doubt. Uh, yeah, of course, because <laughs> 2.7 has been deprecated very soon. <laughs> yeah. Will be deprecated very soon. So um, it's based on Python, but it also has a Docker version too. So you don't need to have Python, or you don't need to install the package. You can, if you have Docker, you can just use it. All the instructions has been given in the website, uh, but there is also a way to install the package natively or just use the Docker version. Oh wow, you've made it easy. Okay, but that's the whole idea, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: It sounds good. So, what's what? Do you have a vision for the for the project, or you're you're just going to go with the flow? And depending on how people contribute, etc., and and your um, work
1: experience will influence the, the roadmap. Um, well, I can't say there's a solid roadmap, but there are some stuff that needs to happen that has been in my mind in a very long time. Um, so, I will be, I think, more contributing on uh, on the identity management policies uh because that's the that's one of the main things where you really define the zero trust not maybe not zero trust but let's say restricted access to many of the other services and resources in the cloud and this is usually the first place where people took people have a look. Um, that's why um uh there will be some enhancements on those ones but currently it supports everything really. Uh, but, but there will be some enhancements on that one, and then I will just uh, follow the flow. Okay, super, super.
0: Um,
1: how how do people stay in touch with you or get in touch with you? Uh, for German compliance, people can easily create a PR issue. Anything, all of my contacts and all of my not my but projects contacts, let's say, uh, are in 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 the GitHub and also in the website. Uh, but if people would really like to. Uh, contact with me, possibly I'm the only Embryo account in the world in this sector, <laughs> so it's quite easy to find me really in LinkedIn or anywhere. Okay, so LinkedIn, uh, Twitter as well? Um, Yeah, it's uh, 3RKUNT.
0: There you go. Right, so um, DevOps, DevSecOps, security, engineering, uh, d- d- despite the terminology, um, if someone wanted to enhance their experience or try to break into this this new fun world. Um, Mm. Any suggestions, any tips?
1: Well, first of all, I think we need to explain. Maybe this really requires a different podcast, but there's, I think, a misunderstanding about the definitions and the role definitions. So um, DevOps, DevSecOps is... Is a team methodology, is a working style that a team defines. So it's not about one person, it's not about ops, it's not about devs. It's the team, it's like we're going to use Kanban. It's a very similar one, actually. Um, so what people is, I think, confusing is right now, we see lots of DevOps engineers in the market, or people are just saying, I'm a DevOps. So it's similar like saying, I'm Kanban. So really, um, not much difference really. So I think we already made a mistake with DevOps because old system administrators become DevOps engineers with higher rates because they said that not only I understand from infrastructure, but I can also code too. Well, you're supposed to do that from the beginning, right? And now we are having the same problem with DevSecOps, which is, the old infosec persons, people very process-oriented people, gets in the DevOps world and they say that okay, I'm DevSecOps, which is which means uh, I'm a person who understands security about process controls and everything, all the standards, and plus I can maybe code. So that is that is quite wrong really. So this is a team definition. If we have a five-person team, anyone can do anything. That's not really an important, but that means that. If you build something, you need to to also operate it. And DevOps is mainly speed because when when you have enough speed, really breaking things won't be a problem for you because, well, of course it will be a problem, but it will be less problem because you can iterate faster. So after, I think we should just stop diving into this subject, (laughs) Uh, but I just had to tell this. Um, but the, the recommendations that I'm really uh, I would I would just say about the people who would like to get in these uh, markets market or in these methodologies is first of all be curious because it's all about curiosity, right? This is this is like I think every scientist say, like if you want to be an astronaut, be curious. This is a very cliche I know, but this is this is the main thing because if you don't have any curiosity, you can't really you can't really do this for money just. Um, Try to contribute to open source because that is the main thing where you'll understand that how to really approach um, a bunch of developers that they think that they have the best practice ever. So that's why just contribute some open source and you will understand how really people think and you you will understand how people could be very protective about what have been written. So I guess
0: if if I was a newbie and I'm, Kind of a newbie. I'll, I'll, oh, probably, I'll probably
1: contribute to this thing called Terraform compliance. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anyone can do it. <laughs> then you will understand how protective I am. No, no, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just kidding. So anyone can uh, create any kind of code against Terraform compliance. I'm happy to review it. Okay. Anything. And also, um, more recommendations. You need to be a developer. So forget about being a cloud engineer, being a security engineer, or being um, anything, be an engineer, okay? But you need to have hands-on experience. You need to be a developer no matter what. And I think instead of focusing the tools, because right now there are too many tools in the market, really too many, uh, instead of focusing the tools, which tool is the best or something, trying to find a solution with tools, trying to find a solution with the way of working, try to define how you really define the solid way of working for the team. I think this is quite important. And try to make mistakes and have lots of war scars. <laughs> that's that's a very good way to learn, really. Super.
0: Great. Um, right. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. Um, I guess to wrap this up, um, are there any events, community events, meetups, conferences that you want to uh, give a shout out to?
1: Um. Yeah. First of all, um, I always try to join on the DevSecOps London Gathering, you know. Thank you. <laughs> that's one of the best ones. Um, and and I think I'm going to uh, participate on the AppSec somewhere in the US or here. So right now, these are the two ones that I'm... So they're the OWASP events? Uh, the AppSec one is the OWASP event, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super, great. Well. Wow thank you for your time well thank you very much michael thank you very much
0: that's a wrap for this episode see you all next month at the london gathering this show has been powered by no sponsored by uh nobody please feel free to contact me for a sponsorship slot